Oh, Christian McCaffrey, what a player. So he's just scored a touchdown, 7-7. San Francisco, who uh, have been without their quarterback, Brock Purdy, who hurt his elbow early in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, yesterday in the A-League, and we've got Mossy coming up shortly, Melbourne City and Adelaide United finished 3-3. And uh, the three games on Saturday all finished 2-2. Wellington and Perth, uh, MacArthur, with their new coach, Milo Stajowski and Western United, and the Central Coast Mariners and Western Sydney, the Wanderers, all 2-2 on Friday night. Newcastle, the Jets beat Brisbane Raw 4-0. And in the FA Cup overnight, the, well, the shock result was certainly Brighton beating Liverpool, who were the holders of the FA Cup, 2-1, courtesy of a late goal there in that match. That match was in Brighton. Uh, now, in uh, the... Big bash last night, the Brisbane Heat. They won by seven wickets with seven balls remaining against the Melbourne Renegades. The Renegades posted five for 162. Shaw Marsh not out, 82 off 53 balls. But in response, the Heat, they were pretty much always in control. 59 for Usman Kawaja off 47 deliveries. And uh, the rest chipped in there as well. Manus Labashain and Matt Renshaw amongst them. But uh, those three Heat players I mentioned, they now go into camp with the Aussie squad uh, before they leave for India. I think it's tomorrow they leave, in fact, uh, to go over to the subcontinent. Uh, and uh, in a one-day international overnight, England, Basball, beaten for the second straight game. They're in uh, South Africa at the no, moment. it's not Basball. It's Moddy in the one-day. Oh, days, sorry. Sorry, what? the Aussie. <laughs> Wrong format. Yeah. Test match I know they're changing baseball. the world over yeah, there, yeah. but yeah, anyway, they are the world champions they want, they want in the one-day format. Now. He's lost two <laughs> games. He's Aussie. They want him sacked. Seven, it's got to be his fault. Seven for 342. <laughs> they posted uh, a huge total in Bloemfontein. And, uh, well, 94 not out for Joss Butler. Harry Brook made 80, but uh, the Proteas ran them down. Temba Bavuma, who's the captain of their one-day side, 109 of 102 Man. deliveries. The rest of them pretty, pretty much pitched in as well, and they got there with five balls remaining. So uh, some uh, well, Wokes went for 60 from six overs. Topley, 74 from nine. So a fair few of them copped a bit of tap there. It'll be interesting. One-day World Cup, I think that's in September yeah, or in October. In October India, it might it? be in India. Mm. So at the moment... <laughs> You don't know who the best one-day team is in no. the world. It's just it's unbelievable. Just continue to see teams where you – like, we just had South Africa here. Aussies flogged them. To go back there and to beat England in the those two one-dayers. India will be hard to beat at home. Yeah, and it'll be one of those so, yeah. World Cups, Clarky, where, you know, so. the, we'll be opening with spinners, yeah, which maybe. I hate. Maybe. Ugh. Completely different conditions to so what they're different. facing over there in South Africa, that's for sure. And it is set to be confirmed today that Graham Arnold will be the Socceroos coach for four more years. Mossy, a very good morning to you. Morning, Nino. Morning, boys. Morning to all our listeners. Yeah, great news. Uh, fantastic news. Um, obviously, on a personal level, I'm, I'm thrilled for, for Arnie as, as a mate um, and someone who just re- really respects the way he works. Um, put our friendship aside, I've, I've got a lot of time for the way Arnie manages and and I think that was there for all to see. It, it, it you know it took a, a little bit of a you know a journey to for it to bubble to the surface, if you like. But that that is management. It doesn't happen overnight, and uh, especially through a, a period like COVID. But 
Gee, what he achieved with the... If you think back to the Peru game, uh, to qualify for the World Cup and, and how we qualified and what the team had been through, what he'd been through uh, leading into that game and then to get through with the big decision on Andrew Redmayne um, substituting on for, for Matt Ryan for the penalties and then and then the performance at the, at the World Cup. Um, it's exactly the right uh, outcome for Australian football. Mossy, are you surprised he didn't grab hold of an overseas uh, contract or opportunity? I'd imagine there would have been a lot more money, as you said, coming out of that World Cup. I think, you know, all teams around the world would have been thinking, what an amazing achievement from Arnie and the Aussie squad. Um, Are you surprised he's stayed at home? I'm not, given... You know, given that I'm I'm close to it, and, and obviously uh, had many discussions with him. Um, mate, I've always said to Arnie, you know, his emotional tie to Australian football can be his double-edged sword, um, because you know sometimes you, your heart rules your head. Um, but he's really thought long and hard about this, and um, you know he had some attractive uh, options put in front of him, as you'd imagine. Um, but he deeply cares about the game the whole game in this country and um you know this is a chance with a with a rock solid foundation of the world cup we've just come out of um and the opportunity australian football's got with men's and women's football with the the women's world cup just around the corner as well there's a real chance to leave a a proper legacy um and and that's i think what motivates him um now of course soccer is results uh, moving forward we've got the asian cup um, we'll go into that as, if not favourites, close to. Um, and, and then another World Cup cycle uh, as part of that as well. But, um, you know, the Socceroos and, and the national teams in Australia don't have a home base. Um, you know, we've still got issues between club and country and um, we, we still need to work hard on our development pathways. So there's so many things that he can now have a real impact on and, uh, and I see him as, as leaving a huge legacy for the game in this country. Well, that sounds like you're very confident that we will and should be better placed leading into the next World Cup then, Mossy. Yeah, Lars, well, it's, you know, at this stage, and I think it's been confirmed, it'll be a 48-team World Cup. So, um, you know, that gives Asia, I think, another four spots. Um, So, you know, nothing's given. Nothing's delivered on a silver platter in professional sport, as you know. But, uh, you know, our chances, um, you know, have increased because of that. Um, I, I disagree with the, the decision from a personal point of view. I just don't think you should be weakening the, the World Cup um, product. It's it's a brilliant tournament. Um, but we're going from 32 to 48 teams. And um, and I think, the, you know, the beauty as well from a Socceroo point of view is Arnie took the Oliroos and qualified from them for the first Olympic Games since him and I did it together back in 2007. Um, and the players that have come through that, and it was proven statistically that, you know, if a player goes to an Olympic Games, their chances of playing for the senior national team and, and forging an overseas career are, are heightened considerably. Um, and that's proven to be the fact. So we've got some really good young players coming through, um, who, some of which we saw at the World Cup and some that we'll see in the next three and a half years. On the pitch in the A-League, and we saw, well, draws galore, but goals as well in the last uh, couple of days at least. So yesterday, Melbourne City and Adelaide United 3-3, but a game... Uh, overshadowed, I guess, Mossy, by the horrific leg injury, a broken leg suffered by Adelaide midfielder one day. Uh, can you tell us what the situation is with the ambulance? So this is a, a specifically a Victorian issue in the fact that there's no uh, ambulances placed at games anymore, and that's been the case for, what, four years or so? 
Yeah, I saw some comments, um, and I'll get to my multi in a moment because Loz and I uh, suffered badly over the weekend. I heard Loz's comments <laughs> earlier. I'm on the way back from Yass this morning. Um, so I've, I've been the Leyland brothers this weekend, Gosford, and then down to Yass. But, um, yeah, look, it's uh, I, I just saw some comments from Greg O'Rourke, who is uh, in, in charge of competitions for, for the APL, and he said that the, um, the regulations around having a static ambulance at games in Victoria was relaxed in 2018 or 19. Um, don't quote me on it, but it was one of those years. And, um, you know, that, that cost, uh, you know, some valuable time yesterday with one day's injury. It was a, a horrific injury. I, I saw the highlight. Uh, it wasn't a highlight, low light. Um, but the footage of it was uh, just sickening. And no one wants to see that for anyone, um, particularly a fellow uh, professional athlete. And the player, and you could see that Calvert was visibly emotional and upset about it in the post-match presser. So, um, yeah, look, I just don't make any sense out of not having ambulances at uh, any professional uh, game of sport. Um, and it's not just for injuries; it could be a heart attack. You know, we've we've seen all sorts of things on a sporting field. So, I think that needs to be overturned very, very quickly. Oh, most definitely, Mossy. Most definitely, you need to have ambulances on site and. Um, to see that happen over the weekend um, is just not good enough in in uh, my eyes. So hopefully they'll sort that out and that'll never happen again. Now, I saw you at the Mariners game the other night um, uh, taking on the Wanderers. Um, what did you make of the game? And it must have been good to catch up with some old friends. Uh, it was brilliant, Loz. It was a good night. You know what those reunions are yep. like, you know, when uh, all of a sudden you're a lot better than what you actually were at the time that you yep. did it. But... Um, we won the grand final in 2013, and it was 10 years, uh, you know, since since that game against the Wanderers. So there were some Wanderers uh, players at the function as well, ex Wanderers players, which was fantastic. Uh, Shannon Cole caught up with him, and uh, he was talking about the the lead up to that grand final actually, and how tense it was in the Wanderers camp, and we were saying how relaxed we were. So it's funny how things like that 10 years later still get uh, discussed over a beer but yeah great night really good crowd eight and a half thousand uh i caught up with richard peel the, the new owner um that's the most confidence i've had speaking to someone at the club since i left in 2015 that the club is really headed in the right direction i know the results are speaking for themselves but what's happening behind the scenes they're, they're bringing a um a, a, an a-league women's team in to the competition soon so and they're, they're really looking after their pathways so I see a, a really bright future for, for the small club that uh, once again can. And uh, on the pitch, great game of football. Um, two teams going at each other. Um, I think the result probably in the end was a fair result. Mariners started slowly, uh, but they ended really uh, strongly. Um, and Mark Rudin's, uh, Marco Rudan's team um, you know, put up a fight to come away with a, a fighting draw in the end. What's the latest with Liverpool, buddy? I haven't heard you or Mido talk about Liverpool lately. Sorry, Clark, are you yeah, breaking I, up, mate? I, I didn't think you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that good, eh? I'm on the Hume Highway, yeah. mate. The traffic is terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, they, um, where, you know, where have you good. gone? Put your headphones back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not, not good, Clark. And I said yesterday on the, on the weekend show that, you know, this was Liverpool's you know, I think their only chance for silverware this season, the FA Cup, and and they've gone uh, missing again. And you know, they've they've gone out with their tail between their legs in the 92nd minute um, against Brighton away, and um, you know it's the second time we've lost to Brighton too. So mm. things not not good at Liverpool, and I just I just wonder what's wrong behind the scenes because generally 
you know, such a poor season. This is, let, let's just say, it's a disastrous season by Liverpool standards. Um, generally, there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes that that impacts the results on the field. So, I just wonder whether Jurgen Klopp, um, you know, he's got plenty of money in the bank. Don't worry about that as far as time to to fix things from a board point of view. But I, I just wonder whether we're not seeing the um, you know the, the beginning of the end for for Klopp at Liverpool. Um, because if something doesn't change quickly. Um, I can't see the marriage continuing. Let's finish with a good story then. And uh, I, meant, I meant to mention this the other day. Uh, Arwen Mobile, what a great story. And being awarded the Young Australian of the Year. Yeah, incredible. Um, and he's been through some, through some real tragedy. Uh, I remember in Ollie Roos camp, I think it was, uh, when um, Ollie Roos camp, or no, it might have been Socceroo camp, but Arnie had to knock on his door and deliver him the news um, that um, his sister had been yeah. killed in a, in a car crash, and uh, you know how, how he how he used that to you know to take himself to another level and and show incredible mental strength, um, you know, to then go overseas and um, you know the way he is, he's just such an impressive young man, and he's such a great ambassador, not just for Australian football, but for for professional athletes. Um, male and female um, and the way he carries himself and the role and, and his understanding of the role that he plays in society. Um, so no surprises to see him as the Young Australian of the Year. It's, it's massive for our game. It's massive for his family and friends and, um, and I think it was a fantastic decision. I, you know, some, sometimes those decisions can be politically driven. This one is just absolutely uh, well-deserved. Love your work, Mossy. Chat later in the week. As always, boys, take care. Heroes and villains, give us a call. Thirteen fifty-three dollars $100 gift card up for grabs and a case of the Saint and Sinner Alcoholic Kombucha. Uh, 0419767272 on the text line. And just a reminder as well that you join us in the Wink Stand, Friday, February 24, for the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. So Friday, February 24, at the Wink Stand at Royal Ramwick. Uh, there's a meeting on at Ramwick the next day. There's a Canterbury meeting on the Friday night as well. For those coming to town uh, from outside of Sydney, plenty to do that weekend. And uh, just to get your tickets, australianturfclub.com.au. And just look under hospitality. australianturfclub.com.au. And under hospitality is where you can get your tickets for the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, Friday, February 24. Uh, with Clarkie and Loz. I'm off that day, fellas. Not coming? No, nah, I'm there. Taking the option. Coming but not working. No, I'm there interviewing you one-on-one. Oh, okay. Great. Can't wait for that. <laughs> coming up. So, less than a month away. Uh, we got Dan on the line. G'day, Dan. How are you? Morning, fellas. I'm well, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. Have you got a hero and villain for us? I do. I'll start with my hero, and it's going to be the upcoming racing over the next few months. It's going to be red hot. It's... I can't wait. It's got to put lead in the pencil. And don't miss this trial in about 20 minutes' time, too, where we're at, we've got Nature Strip, Fireburn, Durston, amongst them, Zaki as well. So uh, in 20 minutes' time at, at Warwick Farm. So uh, that gives you a little appetizer of what's to come. Doesn't what? What about and, you? And my villain, my villain is uh, Bulldog Richie. Uh, him and uh, Ray have a, have a bet with the quiz. So the winner buys each other two cartons. Yep. And uh, Bulldog, the little uh, grease ball, he he, <laughs> bought, he 
he he bought Ray two cartons of hammer and tongs, which is you wouldn't feed to your mother-in-law. <laughs> and and Ray previous year he bought uh, Bulldog two cartons of Asahi. Right, the hammer and t- I must say I've never had a hammer and tong. Like if it was my mate, I'd drive him as a mate. That's just. I'm that's- assuming they're quite cheap then, hammer and tong, oh, are they? Thirty-one bucks. <laughs> I was about to say, really? what? Are- I don't even know. Oh, no, so I've, I've never had it. Was it a thirty can pack? Yeah, thirty can pack. Ah, okay, right. It looks like it's some sort of South Australian ale. Oh, it's, I think. It's, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't feed that to your mother-in-law. Okay, there you go, Loz. I'm just showing Loz. I don't think I've ever seen no, it. I've never seen it either. I've never heard of it. it it's well the. And this sale, says the lager, mm. and it says it's 3.3%, so it's What's mid-strength it? as well. 3.3? Oh, surely they it's have another variety. less than a mid. Mid's is around three and a half. Oh, they oh, they must have tight, different Bulldog? varieties. Well, yeah. It <laughs> is. No, good, good nomination, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, on the text line, Morning Gents Heroes, the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds-owned Wrexham holding the ghastly blades to a draw up the owls. Uh, villains, anything to do with the Thunder's loss, whether inappropriate DLS, it's all BS sending that one through. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is in Hollywood actor Ryan Reynolds. He does own that uh, club over in the UK, Wrexham. And that finished, I think it was 3-3 overnight. And uh, we've got another Joe the Botany Battlers, similar. Heroes, the Wrexham v Sheffield United game. Wow, FA Cup is alive and well. Villain is my dear Liverpool. Just a shame. How long has Klopp got in the job, Mido? Well, yeah, as as Mossy said, if if uh, the board doesn't support and uh, I guess probably invest at the end of the season, then maybe not long. Anyway, it's about, uh, what is it? About a minute to the news. It's coming up next and uh, keep the calls coming. 13.53.53 for your uh, heroes and villains just on the hammer and tongs. Uh, cowboy from hell. Hammer and Tongs is down there with West End and Emu Lager boys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute goat pee, says Cowboy from hell. <laughs> okay, it is 21 to 7, just before half time here. Philadelphia leading the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Loz, you'd have to say it is all gone wrong. For the 49ers in the first half, they've done well, probably just to be only 14 down. But really, they just had a terrible turnover where they fumbled the snap and it was recovered by the Eagles, which led to that touchdown. Yeah, yeah, things have gone horribly wrong for San Francisco. Losing Brock Purdy early uh, didn't help them. And then, obviously, going in to halftime, if they're only seven points down, um, they probably might have been able to rally. But now they're 14 points down. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for them. You can only imagine the confidence level in the team when they, you know, get into that dressing shed and have a look around and do the injury count. Also see whether Purdy's going to be coming back. They've got their fourth-string quarterback. It's going to be very, very hard for them, Mido. Last night, Novak Djokovic ensured that he's the world number one once again with a straight-sets win, 6-3-7-6-7-6 in the Australian Open final against Stefanos Tsitsipas, his 10th crown at Melbourne Park and his 22nd Grand Slam title equaling Rafael Nadal. What a performance from the Serb there last night. Yesterday in the sevens at Allianz Stadium, New Zealand won both finals, the men's and the women's, comfortably. Uh, 38-0 against South Africa in the men's and 35-0 against France in the women's. Disappointing tournament for the Aussies. They were both knocked out by the French on Saturday. 
And in the end, our women finished fifth and the men finished in sixth sixth place. Um, now, just uh, also over the weekend, uh, I saw the buzz reported in the telly. We were speaking about the Canterbury Leadership Group earlier, Loz, but uh, buzz reported in the Telegraph over the weekend that dogs are speaking with Knights winger Dominic Young as well. He's off contract at the end of the year. The Knights really want to keep him. And uh, we want to hope as well from the Knights' point of view that, well, they've got Will Price and Kai Pearce-Paul, those two Englishmen coming later uh, this year or early next year as well. But Dom Young showed a lot last year, and at the World Cup, he was, he was very impressive. Cup. He was very impressive in the World Cup, and I think that's what a lot of people are basing it on. And the fir- his first season in the NRL, and he scored a lot of uh, tries. He's got a great build for a, a winger. Um, he does his tough carries at the back of the field. Uh, he can score a try. Uh, he's a personality player too. You know, he's one of these guys that has got a big following, a cult following. So I can understand why the Bulldogs would be looking to to bring him into their organisation. Um, and I know we touched on what the Bulldogs have been able to do. They've built an impressive list. Uh, both the Tigers and the Bulldogs uh, should have a lot better years than what they uh, a lot better year than what they've had over the last couple of years. Uh, but Dom Young, uh, Newcastle will not want to lose him without a fight um, because Newcastle I, I'm unsure of Newcastle I'll, you know I know we, we're going through the rosters as we make our way to the start of the season and we're doing the Warriors tomorrow but when I do a bit of a deep dive in Newcastle I'll be interested to see how their, their side looks coming into this season compared to the last couple I've got Wayne on the line, g'day Wayne g'day boys, how are you? good thanks Wayne, yourself? yeah good mate, good on you Good to hear on Villain for us, mate. Yeah, my hero is the, the race of the week was the pony race at Warwick Farm last Thursday. The way them young kids presented their ponies and that, and the jockeys came out and spoke to them all in the parade ring was absolutely fantastic, and it was a cliffhanger of the race. Yeah, Ke- uh, Karen's son won again, didn't he? Uh, was it Jake, I think it might be, Jake McAvoy? Yeah, and there was two young girls come flying down the outside and just got knocked off, but it was a fantastic race. And my villain's got to be the Djokovic family. Fair and look, he's old, man. He's a disgrace, you know? Yeah, you know, the only person to say that this morning has been on the text line as well. Obviously, it's in relation to where, when he was... Uh, well, they did put out a statement basically apologising, but... Uh, and that they denounced the war, etc. But, uh, yeah, that was after the photo of him with, uh, well, pro-Russian or at least pro-Putin people there at uh, Melbourne Park there last week. But appreciate your call, Wayne. Uh, Keaton and Cummy, 13.53.53. Just, uh, we are talking about the hammer and tongs before and uh, Bulldog Bob's text in just on the hammer and tongs debate. I'll let you and your listeners onto a little, little secret. If you prefer the taste of mid-slash-full-strength beer but have to drive, my son-in-law put me onto Cooper's Ultra Light. Uh, excellent taste for a zero alcohol and available at Dan Murphy's nine ninety five for a six pack. Cheaper than water, better than any other zero on the market by the length of the straight. There you go, Bulldog Bob. Good on you, Bulldog Bob. Uh, I'll tell you what, Loz, you must be excited. Someone texted in earlier as well mm-hmm. about one of your favourite shows is back tonight. What are you looking for in this season in particular? Love. <laughs> relationships, how they develop over a period of time, mm. the strength in that relationship. Uh, I'll be tuning in at 7.30 tonight. Okay, right. Married and, at first sight. And 
for anyone who's watched the great reality TV tennis for Real. 14 seconds, could they have plugged it anymore? It'll be a ratings bonanza. Okay. So there's a lot Particularly of people Particularly in the like daily me. household. What, no, what, Michelle just, doesn't like it. Okay, so it's only you. Yeah. What about the kids? Uh, they're never home to watch it. Yeah. Um, so I'll be watching it on a television in the W room. And uh, Michelle will have control of the main television. Mm. So I'm assuming she probably will put on a Netflix program or something like that. Mm. Well, you just set up camp. Or, a, or Actually, she doesn't mind the um, reality programs herself. She bags me, but she likes watching that, uh, what are they, Housewives of... Oh, yeah. I don't know, of, New York, a Orange County. Yeah, all that. Yeah. She loves them all, mm. the housewife stuff. Uh, on the text line, morning, gents. My heroes, the Aussie doubles men's winners. They were awesome. My villain, the referees in the Lakers v Celtics game, which cost the Lakers the game. They didn't call a clear foul on LeBron, yet they got hosed. The Lakers there, thanks, Booty. That was yesterday. Um, now, also, Clark, yesterday, Andrew McDonald defended Australia, not playing a warm-up match over there in India, saying they haven't played a tour match for three years. And they used North City Oval yesterday, which has been curated to replicate Indian conditions. So absolutely no apologies made by Andrew McDonald. Is that because of COVID, though? Oh, I'd say that would have been a factor, for sure, in, if in having there, no tour match. If there hasn't been a tour match for three years, then maybe that's something they need to look at. Like, I'm all for growing, learning, getting better, moving with the times. But there's a reason the Australian cricket team was has been so successful over plenty of years, it's because of preparation. So if it worked mm. in the past, why would you not want a tour match? You, you can come out and say if there's, you know, there's no time in the scheduling or Cricket Australia have prioritised the BBL in this instance rather than going and playing a tour match. But So is that the same for the Ashes series? Are you going to go over there, go straight into the first test for the Ashes? Sure, that won't be the case. So I, I'm, we got a World Test Championship final potentially as well, leading into the Ashes. Yeah, I, I think I think it's more about the scheduling. There's just no time and and what they prioritise. Like I, I think it's I think there's nothing wrong with that as well. If that's where Cricket Australia's at and the BBL, these BBL games are more important than a tour match in India, then I think you just come out and say that. Hmm. Um, and like everything, result driven world. If the boys go over and win the first test and play well, then. Nothing will be said about it. But if they go over and don't and lose the series, I think it'll be one of the things that are spoken about, I think. Mm. Just just knowing what it takes to adapt to conditions like that. They're, they're so extreme. Playing in Indian conditions in test cricket is very different to playing in India in IPL 2020 cricket. And the reports indicate that Cameron Green won't be fit to bowl in that first test in India as he recovers from a fractured finger, as does Mitchell Stark, who's already been ruled out of that first test, although his recovery is coming along quite well and uh, certainly they're hoping he'll be there for the second test. But uh, the debate now is whether you pick Green as just a specialist batsman in the side or do you bring in a Renshaw, a Hanscom or someone else potentially. But... uh, I mean, yesterday I saw some comments. I think Andrew McDonald said he's good enough to play as just a batsman only. I think, yeah, he, I think he has proven that. Yeah, I think he's good enough to bat at number six. I think more, their concern is, is, is more about do they want an all-rounder. If they, if they want just a specialist batsman, he could still be the number six for sure. I, I, think, he's, I think he's good enough for that. But I would, I'd like to think that over in India, they're probably going to need an all-rounder. 
But like I said, they could go three quicks, uh, Nathan Lyon and play Ashton Agar as the all-rounder maybe. Don't know. Don't know how, I don't know how they're going to make it work. He's, he's, he's that important to the team, to be honest. Cameron Green, he's very, very important player with both bat and ball. Mm. I like this heroes and villains on the text, uh, pup. You like this. Hey, fellas, I'll start with my villain, which is our number three bat on Saturday for barbecuing me. Smashed it straight to cover and yelled, yep. What? Left Sometimes when, dry. when it hits the middle of the bat, you think you deserve a run, so you just take <laughs> off. <laughs> you just forget that it's gone straight to a fielder. Hit the middle, yep, deserve a few. No name to it. It says it ruined his weekend. <laughs> Cheers, yeah, mate. Run out. They're not nice. My hero's LeBron James, who keeps getting better and better with age. But I mean, did you ever have some batsmen that you played with that you were, I, I suppose, more alert to the fact that they did run off the quality of the stroke yeah, rather sluts. than where they hit it? Michael Slater. <laughs> oh, really? Sl- sluts used to cream it and just take off because he hit the middle of the bat. <laughs> and then you'd get halfway, he'd get run out, or you'd get run out, and then you'd say, what happened there? Sorry, mate. You, there's a man at mid-off or a man at mid-on. Go, oh, mate, I creamed it. I thought it was through the gap. <laughs> we went straight to him. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Running someone out and dropping a catch, it's almost the same feeling, isn't it, Pup? Right. Oh, yeah, they're bad. You're looking for that big black hole to yeah. dive into. It's uh, dep- oh. Probably dropping a catch is worse because you know you can at least make amends for the team when you're there with your back. Depends what type of catch it is, too. It depends how flat the wicket is. I remember I got run out in a Sheffield Shield game. And the guy who ran me out went on to make a double hundred. I think I got run out for like five. I was like sitting there watching the whole day going, that's the flattest wicket I've ever seen. And if you, the other thing, if you're coming off no runs, like if you've gone low score, low score, low score, so you're under pressure, that's when you're like, you do not want to get run out. What did you make of the sixes the other night when the ball went up in the air? And the wicket oh. keeper, and oh, I can't remember Dan Christian. Dan Christian, yeah, just both looked at it. Yeah, what's the, the protocol there? Keeper's catch. If the ke- if the yeah, ball goes sure. in the air and the keeper can get to it, he's got gloves on. Yep. Much easier to catch it with gloves on. So you normally the, nor- the fi- normally the keeper calls the fielder out, or if in doubt, the fielder will pull back, thinking, yep. assuming that it's the keeper's catch. But I think um, that was a game yeah, just, changer too. I think absolute the stage up. of the game. Absolute mix-up, yeah. Oh, there was a soda dropped in that game as well. Aaron Hardy. Oh, Steve Smith. Oh, there was a heap of catches dropped. Oof. Hardy's catch the first time was an absolute beauty at mid-off. One-hander, full stretch, absolute beauty. Mm. And then the one-off Smitty was a oh. dolly straight to his chest. So And to drop a batsman of that calibre. Yeah, that, you're that's scared. You, you get scared. Like, oh, no. You just see everyone in the team just yeah. look at you and go, oh, I'm sorry, boys. I didn't mean it. It'd be like shopping Tendulkar in his heyday. Yeah, I probably did that a few times. Probably went on to make it to double hundred or Brian Lara. When it's 42 and you're in oh, India. Mate. <laughs> yeah, dropping catches, not nice. Big punters post-mortem coming up and uh, we got Ron Duffersey joining us. Morning, Duff. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, firstly, well, let's start with the beaten King's Gambit. Uh, what did you make of the performance? I thought he was beaten by a very good colt. Um, Red Resistance didn't, didn't get the respect he deserved going into that race with a like a six dollar, you know, dollar twenty two or something price difference between them, um, and he proved that uh, winning well. I think King's Gambit's got more to offer. Uh, typical Peter and Paul Snowden, they got their eyes on a big prize, so he, I'd suggest he wouldn't have gone in there wound right up. But he's got a little bit of ground to make up now, um, because this red resistance was pretty good and pretty tough. In saying that, uh, the filly might be better than all of them learning to fly. 
she is an absolute beauty. Run a, a little bit quicker time. She did at both ends. It was her first start, and she looks, uh, well, I hate to say it so early, a star in the making. Certainly does. So what about the, uh, the other... Oh, I guess beaten fancy in the expressway, uh, Golden Mile. And uh, you've got to give all honours, I think, to the winner. Maria, Maria Mia was superb, that man. Yeah, she was pretty fit. And uh, the old saying, Joe, Joe Pribe, was the ma- he's the master of the tried horse. He's, some of these horses that he's got from Melbourne, you know, obviously Eduardo and Maria Mia. And I think she may have went through a sale and uh, they give her an extra year. And now that she's a black type mare, multiple black type mare, uh, so Joe's done the job with her, and um, yeah, uh, Golden Mile will improve. There's no doubt. His eyes are on the Doncaster Mile, so he he wouldn't be wound up. Yep, we all knew knew that going into the race, and just was the gamble was whether he just had the class to, to be too good. But he just found a very very sharp filly. What are some of the other horses you're looking uh, out for in the future, Duff? Out of that uh, meeting, I think it's all about the two-year-olds. I think. The two third place getters out of the two year old race, Shinzo and uh, uh, Mumbai Muse, uh, the two that may just slip the system there, they'll be good odds next start, and I think they're massive improvers, two very, very nice horses. And uh, looking forward to them. So it's all about the two-year-olds this time of year. I may have missed it, but have we had this trial, Duff? Just, yeah, I just watched it. I was, I was sort of stumbling through my words no. there. Um, yeah, the Nature Strip. Just had a beautiful, cosy trial. Karen McAvoy on board this morning, and he did it quite nicely. Not too much was extended. It was all their start-off trial. Uh, Fireburn seemed to trial good. Zaki worked home nicely down the outside. Private Eye um, wasn't asked to do a, a lot, and I think she was a late addition into the trial in secret as well. So it was oh, a barrier trial. With, uh, if you add up their prize money, it was more than $50 million between them, so it's a bit of a trial. Some Got to put you on the spot, Duff. What's the one horse you're most looking forward to in the autumn? Well, that's a, that is on the spot um, because uh, there's so many to look forward to. So I will st- I'll stay out of that one at this stage because I still want to see the, the the big guns come back and yep. trial, and then I'll put my head on the chopping block. But um, yeah, it's there's so many nice horses around. It's just a matter of making sure that they've come back in the form you think and you, sometimes you suspect improvement that doesn't come. But And we're in that process of these good horses like your nature strips and all that field there having their first trial back. So after they have their second trial, you'll get more of a feel. Uh, no doubt you caught some of the action at Hong Kong last night and uh, some Aussie jockeys certainly uh, prevalent there and uh, Golden 60 back in the winner's circle. Yeah, surprisingly, he didn't run favourite, the, the big three with the favourite back in distance there, but uh, he's, a, he's a ripper horse. He was well ridden. There wasn't much between the big three horses there, and uh, but Golden 60, he's, he's an absolute star. And uh, the Aussies did have a day out there yesterday with, uh, obviously, Jay Mack. I thought, what's he going over there for? He's not riding. Uh, he's a romantic warrior who he'd been winning on. And he, he first ride there, he wins on a 25-to-1 chance, and he... <laughs> And, um, yeah, it was just amazing. And uh, Jamie Carr rode a couple of long price winners there as well. So the the Aussies are two to four again. I'm a little bit worried about Dave this morning. I, um, I just saw some vision. He was at some pool party somewhere last night. <laughs> no one's heard from him. So I hope we've got to hope for Maybe he, I hope he kept his gear on. He lost a bet, <laughs> I think. <laughs> he might have lost a bet. He ended up in the I'm, water, put it that I'm way. very, very worried about him until <laughs> yes. he touches, t- t- touches base this morning. Mm. Jeez. Okay. Well, we'll be listening after nine o'clock to get the full wrap on that and everything else over the weekend. Thanks so much, Stuff.
See you guys. Punters post-mortem big show coming up after the 9 o'clock news. We've got to give a winner out for Heroes and Villains. I've made a late change here. I'm giving it to the bloke who's text in, uh, blasting his uh, partner for running him out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair call. Yeah, fair call. Left him high and dry. And, uh, yeah, LeBron James... Who scored? I think he scored forty-one in that defeat yesterday against the Celtics. Get, keeps getting better with age. Uh, so there you go. I'm going to that text. Late text. Late victory. Over the top. Love what it. are you laughing at, Loz? <laughs> oh, just a hero and villain um, text message. <laughs> I don't think I can read it out. Okay. <laughs> but it was for Mitch Menes's call on the weekend. Okay. When, well, I, did, I didn't hear it. So when to... uh, the raging pole won. Right, okay. Mm. We'll leave it at that. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Such a you thing to end the show on. <laughs> Giggling in the corner, yeah. as per usual. <laughs> Have a great Monday, everyone. It's a minute to nine. Punters post-mortem coming up.